This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. When you think about the ancient title of knight, what do you think of? Someone who is honorable, brave, helpful, and chivalrous. Many of those old orders still exist, and they help people unify and develop leaders in the community. In March 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, Safety Knights was formed. It's an online community created by and for safety professionals. I joined and was blown away. We share information to develop and support leadership within the safety community. Our members come from all areas of safety, and the best part of all of this, it's free. We are not like some of those other safety groups that charge money or are subject to the whims of censors and group administrators. Visit Safety Nights at safetynights.com. That's Safety Nights, and Nights is spelled with a K. Today on Safety Wars, gases, vapors, fumes, dust, and mists in construction. We had a situation recently on one of my projects. A construction contractor was using a different product than what was usual, and I asked him if he had any industrial hygiene monitoring data on it. In my experience, the product that he was using required respirators. He said no, in the most strongest terms, everything on F. He said there's no requirement for any monitoring or sampling, and why would we do it anyway? We're doing it outside, therefore it's safe. I innocently asked him who the designated competent person or the industrial hygienist was in accordance to the regulations. He said he was. This all got back to my client. My client got a little bit annoyed with me. They said, well, Jim, what does the regulation say? So today's safety meeting is because of that situation. On construction sites, companies must comply with the construction regulation, 29 CFR, 1926.55, gases, vapors, fumes, dust, and mists. The regulation is actually real short and real simple, actually. Employers must limit employees' exposure to any substance listed in the regulation. We're talking permissible exposure limits, threshold limit values, whatever is listed in this particular regulation. Plus, there are other regulations that apply, for example, the lead standard, uh, asbestos regulations and in, in the OSHA standards, things of that nature. So if you're dealing with a substance with a C in front of it, meaning a ceiling limit, that means that you cannot exceed the listed concentration for 15 minutes or more, preferably you would use a real-time monitoring instrument that's calibrated for that contaminant. If that's not possible, you gotta go with a 15-minute time-weighted average exposure, meaning some type of air sampling where you're going to collect an air sample on a filter or other sample media like a uh, charcoal tube, silica gel tube, anything like that. It's all uh, done very scientifically and according to what an analytical method put out by OSHA or NIOSH or other applicable method depending on where your universe is. And you take that and you send it out to a laboratory for analysis. If you're dealing with an eight-hour time-weighted average exposure, meaning a permissible exposure limit for OSHA or something else, if OSHA doesn't regulate that, you need to have some type of a breathing zone air sample. So that's the same thing as with what we just discussed. A sample has to be collected and sent out somewhere for analysis. 
And what else do you have to do? You have to protect your employees through the hierarchy of controls. You're trying to engineer the hazard out, eliminate the hazard preferably, that's number one, engineer it out, then going through trying to substitute the one substance for a less hazardous substance, some type of an administrative control, and lastly, some type of personal protective equipment of some sort. Usually with the PELs, you're always dealing with a respirator of some sort. And if you're going to be issuing respirators, you have to go and comply with the respirator standard in 29 CFR 1910-134. What else do you need for this regulation? You need to have some type of competent industrial hygienist, that's with a small i, industrial hygienist, or some other technically qualified person. In our case here, the foreman uh, that was designated as this competent industrial hygienist probably wasn't competent. There are several exemptions in this regulation that are covered in other regulations like asbestos uh, and a couple of other chemicals. So what was our resolution? We had an assessment done and it turned out that they did need respirators for this activity, which I pointed out to begin with, even though they were outside. So either this guy was trying to cover for they knew it was dangerous, so hey, we'll just tell the employees, hey, you're outside, don't worry about it. Or he just didn't know, or maybe he was being lied to by his management. But here's what the thing is. This job went out for bid. That means an estimator has to go out and take into account employee safety. In this case, the estimator did not. And I suspect that he realized that he needed to supply respirators because magically all these respirators appeared. But he was hoping that someone on my end would not say anything. And that's not like me. I'm probably going to say something and be polite about it. Uh, about doing this. What's the moral of the story? You're a safety person. Got to go through the safety data sheets. Compare them to the regulatory requirements. And this regulation and other regulations. There might even be a local regulation dealing with this chemical or any number of chemicals that you need to comply with. You need to re reduce the liability for your company, but more importantly, you got to protect the worker, create a better, safer workplace for everyone. What's the most effective thing that in this story here? What was our biggest tool is one, having a backbone, being assertive, but not being a jerk with it. If you're a contractor, you try to get the assessments done prior to going on to a job site. You need to account for it in your bids and just don't hope that you're going to have that safety person or someone who's on paper a safety person or who really isn't failing to do their job. Right? You're accounting on persons not doing their job. Don't be that person not doing their job. And the other thing is this. If you need an audit done, give us a call. call. Drop us a line, jim at safetywars.com. That's my email address. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Holzer. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company.
No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.